The last time that this happened was in the year 1349. 1349. That was the last time that they shut the doors of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem during Holy Week. Now, for those who may not be familiar, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre is this church, this church complex, really, that is built around what we believe to be the tomb of Jesus in Jerusalem. And uh, every year since the 4th century, uh, Christians have been gathering in this place at this time to celebrate the resurrection. And this year, the doors to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre are shut and locked. And I have to admit, when I first read this news, I felt this odd kind of solace, almost a a relief. Not because the throngs of the faithful wouldn't be able to uh, crowd into this space. This really wasn't schadenfreude. No, I, uh, I felt this kind of solace because it had happened before. Or not alone in this. And I felt this relief because... Even in the year 1349, when the Black Death was sweeping continent after continent, Easter still happened. Which is a question that has been on the hearts and minds of many of us for weeks now. How can we possibly still have Easter? How can we possibly rejoice? And I suppose it does matter what we mean by Easter. If what we mean by Easter is a very large, fluffy bunny or plastic uh, grass or hands filled with glitter or all the things that we have come to associate with part of Easter, then yeah, I'm not feeling it. And when I hear the story, and I really get into this story, and I remember the story that we told yesterday and the day before that and the day before that, well, all right then. Then this Easter the one that we are feeling right now, maybe this is about as close to Easter as it gets. Because uh, that's why I showed up this morning. Right? I'm guessing it's why you showed up this morning, no matter how you're dressed. Hashtag kind of jealous. Because really, where we are right now, where you aren't right now, it's heartbreaking. 
But the reason why I showed up this morning, why I'm here, is because I've been yearning to hear the story. I have been ready to sing my way into some deep truth today. Because this is one of the few places I have ever known that I can lean into, that I can rest in, that I can trust, knowing that I will be met. Each of the four canonical gospels tells this story in just a little bit of a different way. And what we've come to believe is that um, this different way, these details, they actually give us a window into what that particular community most needed to hear in the first century. And Matthew's gospel, one of the things that we don't hear anywhere else is about an earthquake. When the women come to the tomb that morning, all of a sudden, the ground starts shaking under their feet. And this is true to Matthew. This is actually the fourth time in this gospel, the fourth of four, where this happens. And each time, it's this, this minor weave, this theme that is weaving its way through this gospel to this moment. So the first time it happens, it's kind of hidden. The disciples are on the Sea of Galilee. They're in the boat with Jesus. And then, out of nowhere, chaos, a seismos, erupts. That's what earthquakes are in the Greek. They're the seismos. And all of the sudden, they are terrified. It is clear to them that the world is far out of their control and their lives are at risk. Do we know that feeling? The second time is near the end of the gospel and Jesus is telling his disciples what is going to happen when Jerusalem falls. And one of the many things is that the earth is going to shake and it will not stop and they will be terrified. The third time it happens is when Jesus breathes his last on the cross. Right? It's when the temple, is, the curtain is torn in two and the ground starts quaking and the centurion and all the soldiers who were there to stand guard at the execution of Jesus, they are terrified. Which brings us to this morning. These faithful, heartbroken women have come to the tomb of their beloved just because they needed to mourn. They needed to grieve. And they did this at the earliest crack of dawn they could, right? The only time that it might be safe. And as they get to the tomb, the earth starts shaking. 
the ground beneath their feet quakes. And they are terrified. And this is why Easter feels real and present to me today. Because this is how the resurrection takes place. It takes place in times like these. Times when thousands of people across our country have died. When life as we know it has ground to a halt. When one out of nine Californians of our workforce is out of a job. And Every time in the story that we tell today, every time the earth shakes, every time there is a seismos, what follows it is new life. In the times that are hard, in the middle of things that are frightening, God creates life out of chaos. Friends, our faith was born into times like these. Our faith was born perhaps for times like these. One of the ways that you'll know that you're in a conversation with an angel is how they begin the conversation. Right? Because uh, you might be tipped off by like this immense light or these impossible wings. But here's another way. They're often going to start it with this phrase. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. That's what, there's two messages here. I think our angel that sits just outside the tomb offers the women who offered the disciples, who offered, who offered, who offered us. Two messages today. One of them is do not be afraid. It's what angels always say. Because angels are often stepping into times like these. In this case, they meet these these women. Again, they've come to this tomb. The light is just cracking the horizon. And they have come to mourn. And they are deeply, deeply afraid. And so the angels... The angel says to these women, do not be afraid. I know what you're looking for. You're looking for that which you fear most. And that's when this message needs most to be heard in the tombs of our lives. That the one who is love is alive 
Now we have reasons to fear, to be very clear. And we're here today to trust in something that is deeper and stronger than our fears. That this one who is Easter, this one who died and lives again, is present and will meet us here. And this is then the second message that the angels offer and that the angel offers today. Trip, you cover this in your homiletics course? All the time. Good. Okay. Give me a countdown. This is the second message. The first is, do not be afraid. The second message of the angel to those women at the tomb is to go. Go find the disciples. Go find those who are themselves locked indoors out of fear. And tell them that Jesus has gone ahead to Galilee. There you will meet him. To Galilee. Of course it's to Galilee. It's, it's to the place that is familiar. The place where those disciples would go to cry alone. The place they're going to go when their world has shattered and they do not know what's coming next. This is always where Jesus goes. Ahead of us. To the places of fear and heartache where he is needed most. It's what he does. So when nothing in this world is going as it should, Jesus will meet us there. When we are lonely, isolated, longing for connection, Jesus will meet us there. When we are at home with our children and we are at the end of our rope all day, every day, Jesus will meet us there. When we do not know how ends will meet, Jesus will meet us there. When the path ahead is tangled, when we cannot see more than the step in front of our face, Jesus will meet us there. 
And when we finally breathe our last, whenever that time may come, and we look out into the great beyond, Jesus will meet us there.